0: Welcome to Mountain Grace, the weekly sermon from me, John White, priest at St. Luke's Episcopal Church in Camillus, New York. This week we're celebrating the Feast of the Ascension and wondering about the power of small things. and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things, and see, I am sending upon you what my Father promised. So stay here in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Then he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he was blessing them, he withdrew from them and was carried up into heaven, And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they were continually in the temple blessing God. The Gospel of the Lord. be seated. You know I've had kind of a busy week this week. Uh, I had a, several sort of things that have happened and, and uh, that have made me kind of think about reflecting on, on faith and, and the first was on Thursday they had s- sort of the kindergarten preview and we took Patrick to the school and, and J.J. was there too, uh, who's here sometimes. And they, they got to go into the classrooms where the kindergarten classes meet. And they met the kindergarten teachers. I don't know who their teacher is yet, but they met all of them. And all of the teachers met them. And, and then they had a little meeting in the cafeteria with the principal and the school psychologist, Allison back there, and the nurse. And they, they gave us some tips and pointers. As an aside, I have to say that um, I was far and away, I'm pretty sure, the oldest parent in the room by... <laughs> A fair margin, I'm guessing. Um, I, 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 the principal might be around my age, but pretty much everybody else, no. Um, but anyway, also I, they gave me a long list of, of things that you know Patrick should know when he gets to kindergarten. And I'm looking at the list, and, and I know I'm old, but, uh, and things change, but the stuff he's supposed to know when he arrives is the stuff that I learned in kindergarten. So anyway, they're, both of my kids are way smarter than me. They'll be fine. But, so I was at this kindergarten orientation and I'm with all these other parents and some of whom are, are sending their, their oldest or only child to school and some who are sending their, you know, second, third, fourth, fifth child, and it's old hat for them, but we're all there together as our children get ready to make this huge sort of milestone step starting school and then yesterday I had sort of two other events that that I sort of participated in and one was it was my stepfather's 90th birthday yesterday which you know hey that's a pretty good that's a pretty good accomplishment and so he turned 90 and of course we weren't able to be with them because they live in Indiana but we made a little video of the whole family and we sang happy birthday and I sent it to my cousin and she shared it and he thought it was great and I was able to call Home and talk to the family and my mom and my stepdad and everybody who was there. And, um, and it was really great, this, this milestone that he's accomplished. And also, yesterday afternoon, I went to a wedding. And Saturday, yeah, today's Sunday. And, um, and I, I can't remember the last time I went to a wedding when I was just at the wedding, you know, that I wasn't doing. Sort of the wedding. And, and I have to say, the wedding lasts a lot longer when you're just sitting there than it does. <laughs> so if that's also your experience of church, I'm really sorry because it seems a bit, it just flies by for me. But anyway, so I'm at this wedding, and this wedding was really beautiful. And, and you know who was getting married. Many of you know who was getting married. It was, it was Kathy Corley's wedding who was our interim priest before I came. And, um, and she married another priest, uh, who's Philip, who's the priest at St. Paul's downtown, and that's where the wedding was. So we're in this big, beautiful church, and, and the, my whole family was there, and lots of other people who were in this, this beautiful celebration. And, and I don't know how many of you remember Kathy's story, but you, her husband had died some years ago ten or twelve years ago a fairly a relatively young man when he died and so uh, so I don't think that she ever expected in the wake of that tragedy to to find someone to love again but amazingly Philip who's the rector at St. Paul's his his first wife also had died she just died a few years ago she was killed in a tragic accident and so they sort of met each other In the sort of clergy gathering of clergy who live in the city and they got to know each other a little bit and they they talked about their shared experiences and over time it seems they discovered that they had developed a a love for one another unexpected, unlooked for, unwanted in some ways but yet here it was and it was beautiful to be with them as they celebrated their recognition of one another and the love that they had come to share and their commitment to one another in marriage and so I've been thinking about these three things about my son going to kindergarten and my stepfather's 90th birthday and and this beautiful wedding with Kathy and Philip, and, and I've been thinking you know that for most of us our lives unfold in these sort of small moments. That, that we create sort of a big story of our life but it's actually lived in this, these, these precious moments and experiences and, and small shared conversations that, that the stuff of our life is kind of small. Right? Most of us aren't doing big, amazing things. Now sometimes we might participate in some big, amazing thing. I'm thinking of Bill Bishop, who's a member of our church here. He doesn't get to come to church too often because he can't drive and he's in a, an assisted living place up in um, uh, Liverpool. But you know, Bill, who's this like the nicest guy, very sort of modest, very friendly, but but Bill was in the Battle of the Bulge, right, in World War II. He was a participant in this huge, historical, world-changing event. But if you talk to him about it, what he remembers are the sort of the small daily experiences of sort of cold, of fear, of privation of being in this together with the small group of men that he was was with, right? That his experience of this huge, big, momentous thing was also pretty small. And I think there's a lesson here for us in the life of faith, right? Because we all of us who claim to be followers of Jesus, all of us who are a part of the church, who are are committed to this mission, this continuing mission of Jesus Christ to fulfill God's dream for us. We are involved in the biggest thing ever, the redemption and salvation of God's people, the building of the kingdom of God. Each of us are a part of this huge world-changing event, and yet... Our individual experience is small it's limited it's it's only as much as we can sort of grasp in our own lives and sometimes it feels like our role in the building of the kingdom of God is is either elusive or or tiny and we feel like maybe we're not really making a big difference but but the truth is that I think all of us are. We're making a huge difference even through our individual small contributions that in the small little ways that we live out our faith it is world changing. And, and we, we're a small church. We live in a, a small city. You know, we're not, we're not building cathedrals here. We're not doing something momentous But in a hundred ways, we are making small differences. We are putting each of us little bricks in the kingdom of God that are building up into something magnificent. And and so as we're thinking about the ascension, our readings today are about the Feast of the Ascension where, where Jesus has been with his disciples. He's died. He's resurrected. He's promised them the coming of the Holy Spirit. And then, and then he leaves them. He ascends to be with the Father in heaven, wherever, wherever that is. I asked, Pat, Patrick was asking me about heaven. He's like, well, where is heaven? I'm like, well, I'm not, I'm not really sure, buddy. It's, you know, somewhere else. It's where God lives. And he goes, oh, I've been to that place. I went there with my old dad, he says. It's that's, that's a thing, don't worry about it. Um. But, uh, but anyway, so Jesus ascended to be in heaven and he just left the disciples behind and he's promised them this Holy Spirit. But, but you know, when I've been thinking about how Jesus was with the disciples, that Jesus is just with a, a tiny group of people. Jesus is launching this huge mission to change the world with like 20 people. We have like three times as many people in our church as Jesus had at the beginning of his ministry. And he leaves the 12 plus, you know, some other sort of followers on that unfortunately don't always get their names listed, especially the women. Bible writers are a bit sexist, I'm afraid. But Jesus just left this small little group. And, you know, when, when we think about the whole story of Jesus' life as the Gospels tell us, it's, it's a tiny, tiny selection of the Bible, is this, the Gospels. It's just, you know, a few pages it's a really small story and yet it has such a huge impact and that, that the disciples learned faith through sharing conversations by being with Jesus and seeing what he was doing trying their own hand at ministry when Jesus sent them out by small accretions of effort and conversation and listening Through their individual little efforts, the disciples learn how to do Jesus' big mission. And so Jesus taught the disciples not by, you know, having some great big grand class, but but by, by daily interactions, by walking through the world and going, you know, see this? That looks like the kingdom of God. Or see that? That looks like the kingdom of God. So the disciples kind of just soaked in from Jesus through the small interactions and teachings of his to learn what it meant to be his follower, his disciple. And at the end, Jesus trusts them. And and so by sort of extension, Jesus trusts us to continue that mission. And, and the way we do that is the same way that, that Jesus taught the disciples. The way we build the kingdom of God is in the small moments of our lives in our individual encounters with the people we meet, with our, our choices at each sort of crossroads in our lives, in in the small efforts we take on behalf of ministry and mission, we, just like the disciples, are building something magnificent. That when each of the disciples died sometime in the first century, every Christian in the world could probably fit in the dome downtown. That their work wasn't completed at their passing, but it continues across time through the people that they were witnesses to and that we are now called as hearers of that word to be witnesses to others. And so today the Christian church is billions of people across the whole world And God's mission and effort continues to build that kingdom of God. And I said this, I think, a week or two ago, that that we're not called to solve big problems. We're called to encounter individual people and to see what they need, and to do what we can to meet that need. And the accumulated results of our small efforts is something magnificent and beyond our imagination. So let us not lose heart in the small ways that we live out our faith, but let us take hope in the magnificent kingdom of God, this great project of which we are a part. Amen.